0: This is Flipping
1: Tables.
0: (laughs) This is Flipping Tables, a show about technology, culture, and gaming, and whatever else Mike and I feel like talking about. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of your hosts, David Lyons.
1: And I'm Mike Edwards.
0: And I think today we 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 run the risk if it is a risk of getting into philosophical deep territory and I'm okay with that because culture is one it's of those a dangerous
1: things. life running a podcast.
0: It is. It's just I'm comfortable. I've got my tea here and just anything could happen. So you you were going to I think you mentioned last time that you were going to try out the bullet journal, right? Yep. So that Led me to this this greater, deeper topic that I'm interested in discussing with you. But let's hear first about how your it's been about a week. How's your week with the bullet journal?
1: Uh, not bad. I mean, I've I've written about four or five days of like stuff I'm working on. I've crossed out most of it. It's I'll, good. I'll take a picture and post <laughs> it. Um, I bet there's dozens of systems like this that people more organized than me use, but.
0: And a, so a cross out means like it's no longer relevant, right? Like yeah. You set out to do it and then you're like, no.
1: Yeah. Or something changed that. Yeah. Right. You no longer need to do that thing.
0: And I like that distinction from,
1: oh, Checked it's done. Off. Check. It's yeah.
0: done. And it's like, no, it's just no longer a thing. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like you've, did you get anything done? You might've otherwise forgotten
1: i don't know I don't know that I did like did more work or anything i'm not this I'm not running this as a scientific test, so I don't have a control group or anything, but
0: you don't have a clone of yourself so far not using a bullet journal It's
1: not been too onerous to keep it um, I like being able to look back and see what I did on all my days or to look back on the month and see all the notable events like oh, I met with these four faculty members and we figured this problem out, and we had this big kickoff meeting and just like it's easy it's not it's not like my actual calendar which also has all that info but also has 30 other meetings that i don't need to remember right for the the annals of history
0: so and that's actually a
1: good the point Annals of history <laughs>
0: So you're using this not just for work stuff, but just your life. Like this is Mike's bullet journal, not Mike's work bullet journal. And then Mike has a personal bullet journal.
1: Yeah, just like with Twitter and some of my other digital life stuff. I have decided not to manage multiple lives. Let's just have one.
0: <laughs> did you? Hear, have I asked you, did you ever go through that? Yeah.
1: I, I it's had terrible, a, right? Well, at one of my jobs, they were a little more nervous about that social media. Ugh. And so I had a work <laughs> account separate from my personal opinion, say whatever I want account. And it's, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, unless there's, it's clearly not supposed to be me. Like I don't mind our flipping tables having one because I mostly don't need it.
0: Right. But that's, it's, <laughs> That's like a brand representation, right? Just like uh, the organization we work for has a Twitter account and a Facebook account. I'm never like,
1: which one should I post my personal thoughts to? It's really obvious.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I feel like it's when social media was a newer thing, no one used social media to represent themselves professionally. That was absurd. (laughs) And then when, like, I think Facebook really kicked it off with the pages, you know, and they had like yeah. brand pages and people were like, oh, I can use the chatty box to talk to my customers. This the thing that you could have
1: caught me saying a month ago was only for kids and narcissists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Now we can use it to drive conversions. So I'm glad that all that happened when I was early in my career because – I did the the dual account thing for a really brief time. And it it was self imposed. It wasn't my work, but I was like, Oh, this'll be this'll be professional me. Yeah. And then there's there's personal me. And then every time I caught myself being like, Why am I making this distinction? <laughs> like, oh I can stop. I can stop. And making just like this one
1: dis- of them's gonna gather cobwebs and yeah. it's just like, Oh, maybe this is dumb. Maybe I should just be myself and contain multitudes. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, and I've noticed that there, because I don't follow a lot of celebrities on Twitter, but there are some, and the ones that I usually give up on are the ones who use Twitter, in this case, to promote some other thing that they do on a different social media channel. It's like, if I wanted to follow you on Facebook, yeah, I would I follow see you on Facebook. They're tweeting
1: links to their Facebook posts, yes. which are just ads for their stand-up or whatever. Right,
0: which I don't mind the self-promotion, I mind the... Like rabbit hole, I have to go down. Because <laughs> yeah. at least on Twitter, if someone just promotes themselves, I can just be like, oh, all they do is promote themselves, I so I'm not going to follow. Them. But if every time I was like follow a link and get halfway through an article or halfway into a YouTube video that had an ad before it, and it's like, yeah. this is, all this is is self-promotion for the next show or whatever they're doing. So, yeah, that just like – There's no right or wrong way to do social media, but that way is wrong.
1: But if it's just your assistant, then (laughs) posting it for you. Yeah.
0: And you could like, there's a, the, the internet exploded in rage, uh, I don't know, a few months ago when they found out George Takei didn't do his own Twitter account. Yeah. His Twitter account is very funny. I mean, he's just very prolific online in general, which I feel like it's, it may not be him physically pushing the buttons, but I mean, I've seen him perform live. Like even if he's using someone else's material, you can still imagine those words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Know? So there's like, there's a, a consistent brand between what he does on Twitter and what he does on like TV shows that he guest stars on and stuff. So that's fine. Like, I don't care if his, you know, 22 year old key grip trying to break into the industry <laughs> is actually typing into Twitter. Who cares? Actually, on the other hand, that did you see the Joan Rivers thing? That was a, yeah, that was a huge bummer. Actually, I think you shared that. With yeah, me. that was a huge bummer. So I'm, I'll I'll find that link and toss it in the show notes. But basically, they had pre-scheduled a tweet with Joan Rivers um, promoting the iPhone six and.
1: They forgot to it, cancel yeah, it after it's she died.
0: So unfortunate. Because if it was like months and months and months and years later, then it would have been like, oh, that was weird. Because that's like so far after. Yeah. We forgot we scheduled it that far out. But to say she had died just like a few weeks ago, and then it, she like tweets from beyond the grave supporting the iPhone 6. was like,
1: rise, oh.
0: <laughs> It's a little... Was that the beginning of Altered Beast? Yes. Whoa. (laughs) I I don't know if I'm more confused that you made that joke or that I got it.
1: We got a little sidetracked. So we were talking about logging and bullet journals. We
0: were. But anyway, that was super sad with Joan.
1: So I'm happy with the bullet journal to go back to that. Um, I'm not someone that obsesses over getting things done or to-do lists. I've pretty much had abandoned them for years after failing to have anything catch on. I'm happy to have something lightweight and simple that will do a little bit of that without becoming a all I do is like
0: research getting things done. <laughs> well, and that's so, did you ever try getting things done? No. no. Okay, it you, are you familiar with the process? It's not simple. Like it, there's a lot of remember, system.
1: I don't know if this was getting things done, but just lots of like official
0: like you time yourself doing certain things and you um, well getting things done has like modules you can leave in or out. I don't know if there's a timing module. The pompadoro technique is timing. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Maybe yeah, that's it's like the
0: 20 minutes of work, five minutes of rest. Yeah. 20 minute, yeah. So I I tried getting things done and I'll be honest, like it was a really half-assed attempt many years ago. I was like, Oh, this just seems interesting. But I, that to me was an indicator that I couldn't even make a full ass attempt. You couldn't even I, <laughs> I can't even pumpkin spice latte <laughs> but I, I just like that was an indicator that that system was not right for me and then so like recently we've been talking about the bullet journal and I use like four or five different places that I take notes and I change the way I take notes all the time and I use uh, several different tools, not just different places, but also different like tools and methods. And the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been thinking, if you spend more time on your note taking to do list taking system than doing things, you have. That's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. You have completely screwed it up. And I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not the first person to have this realization, but I think it's. It's one of those things like now I have crossed that threshold where I'm like, oh, actually doing the work is more important than having a written record of the work. Unless you're like a politician and you're – or a career <laughs> academic and your CV is the thing that you live and die by. But I, I, this I this is like now bled out in all these other parts of my life. So like Twitter is a great example. You can export your Twitter archive and I've been – Interested a lot in like the indie web stuff going on, which I'll, I'll link to some brief explanation of what the indie web is. But basically, it's like you own your data, you have your own website, and all like that. So instead of posting to Twitter, you post your website, which cross posts to Twitter. But then, if you want to have a conversation on Twitter, like if you reply to me, then obviously that conversation lives on Twitter. So now what do I do? Do I export that conversation and like add it back to my website?
1: No. Like, no.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing is like it, it, becomes so much overhead, and I don't really understand what I get out of it. I, why do I want my tweet archive? Yeah. To what end and purpose?
1: Because you think someday you're going to research and, and search through it and find something important. Right. Or,
0: yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's like the—
1: I mean, I'm glad that as of like maybe a year or two ago, they unveiled that you can download your tweet archive which is cool. Sure. But I'm kind of happy to know that's there and so I'm not going to even bother <laughs> trying to Yeah. It.
0: It's kind of I mean and they should make it available. They should because it's it's my data and if I want it, I should be able to get it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know why I would want it or what I would do with it. I mean, you're right, analytics, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, if so I was converting like Sales, God, yeah. so much startup. Lingo. Well, this does
1: kind of call up what we were talking about the other day. Like, is there a difference between the stuff you create that you want to keep and transient stuff that you just—it's ephemeral. You, it happens, and then you just let it go.
0: Yes, it, yeah, I think there's a huge <laughs> difference. And what I'm coming to more and more is way more stuff is transient than the startups would want you to believe, <laughs> you know, um, someone, I was talking about this with someone and, uh, I think it was, it was Christy K- color killer. I don't know. She actually, she's one of the hosts on in beta where my handles namesake comes from. <laughs> but she said like, it's always bothered her that Gmail is like, Hey, archive that, archive that. Why are you going to date? Don't delete that. Archive that mm-hmm. email. Keep it forever. And, There have been times where I have archived every single email I got and then when I needed to go back and find something, I couldn't because even though Gmail search is really, really good, if I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, their search isn't that good. Yeah. Like if I type in a word like the, (laughs) like I know that email had the word the in it, but I don't remember who it was from or what the was about. So, you know, if you have a smaller search pool, if I only keep emails from like people I know, family, um, legitimate business things like receipts and stuff but not every single daily deal, offer, email, and all that other spam and crap, then that's just less crap that has to be sorted through later. Yeah. So I actually, a few years ago, got into the habit of only keeping email I believe I'll need. And it's got to be a fairly strong belief. Like if I'm on the fence, I usually delete it.
1: Also, as paying for things goes more and more digital, the history of your purchases will be even more automatic. Sure. It's already pretty damn automatic. Everything you bought from Amazon, Google, or iTunes, you you, you have a list. Just right. go look at it.
0: But th- even that is still like then I have to know where I bought it. That's
1: true, but I feel like this is going to be done by robots. Got to hope Even so. way more, <laughs> way mo <more>, mo <more> better
0: <laughs> than it is now.
1: And so like trying to do that. I mean, I understand like you want to be aware of your finances and planning and making sure you're not spending too much and whatever like you should be involved but the actual transcription of purchases is yeah. robot work.
0: Yeah, I that I'm totally with you on because I don't So like, even though it's I,
1: not transient, it's not something I should be yeah, spending a lot of energy on.
0: Yes. Like I I use Mint actually to manage my stuff because it's – I don't have a ton of accounts, but I have enough that it's nice to see them all in one place. So I periodically go in and I just look and I'm like, oh, here's an expense from Target. What did I buy at Target that day? And I just add it to the notes. So then I don't really care about the receipt because Target knows what I bought. If I can tell them I paid with this credit card at this time on this day, they can look that transaction up. So. I'm not really as concerned about keeping the receipt. It's just for me so that I can look and be like, where the hell did all my money go? It's like, Oh, I bought an entire shipping container full of Pocky from overseas. (laughs) I don't know why that came to me, but it did. Pocky's okay. Pocky and Rocky. That's right. But I mean, that's like, that is useful to me because I do actually care about the trends of where my money goes. Right. Like I need pretty accurate records of that. But on the other hand, like I sold uh some I I think my wife's old phone on Craigslist and then that just became money like the the portion of it I kept just became money that I had in my pocket. So when I went out and like had a beer or got a bagel, I didn't make a record of that. Like that money it came to me through like unofficial channels <laughs> and it left me through unofficial it's time channels. For the Mitch
1: Hedberg joke about Donut receipts.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But if I paid for that donut with a credit card, then I'd want to know. Not because I'm going to return the donut.
1: (laughs) Or you would be in a situation where you need to prove you bought a donut.
0: Yes. It's because I might be in a situation where I look back over many months and say, wow, I'm spending a lot of money on donuts. Yeah.
1: So how do you make this distinction in your life of stuff you want to keep and stuff that's ephemeral and... So
0: so this has been the hard part is there's no hard and fast rule that I think works for everyone or even anyone like there's what works for me most of the time. And there might be something similar that works. Don't
1: don't have the burden of answering for everyone. So
0: basically (laughs) I have just started to no longer err on the side of caution. Like I am way more willing to be like, Oh, I just, whatever it's gone. It's done. So financial stuff, legal stuff, that's the always safe exception. If I sign a contract or money changes hands, then there's a permanent record of that. But something I tweet or something that goes on to Google Plus or whatever, like if Twitter and Google Plus shut down right now, I'll be sad for the loss of those services, not for the loss of my plus ones and retweets like those. I don't just let it go. (laughs) I, I just don't care. Those can go. And you're
1: you're an infinite well of new material you don't need the yes, greatest hits
0: I really don't and and I so John Gruber um I'm I'm not I'm not like a huge fan of him all the time cuz I feel like sometimes he's He's, like, uh, famous for being famous. Yeah. Not all the time, but, I mean, sometimes he, he knows that he's famous, so he plays on his famousness in very much the way I'm sure I would if I were in his position. So I'm, I don't begrudge him, that, but that doesn't mean I have to enjoy <laughs> it. But he, the way he blogs used to annoy the crap out of me because he would post, like,
1: a sentence. And for the listener, this is the writer of Daring Fireball.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. It's not johngruber.com, is it? Yeah, so John Gruber, writer of Daring Fireball, he's he's a really prolific technologist, very strongly opinionated, kind of the
1: internet's Apple fanboy.
0: Yeah, he recently had a giant catastrophic blowout with uh, what's his name from coding. Jeff horror. Atwood. Jeff Atwood.
1: So that's the thing that I think speaks to this. Well, not we're not going to get into Markdown <laughs> Gate of 2014, the the War of the Nerds, but um, I just would say his. What annoyed me was not his decision that he didn't want to give up the name or that he didn't want them to do things a certain way with his name. All that stuff we're not going to talk about, hopefully. It was just that if he could have just been more clear, more publicly, much faster on what he was okay with, it would have avoided a lot of awkwardness.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean that
1: unless Atwood and the company were just being super dense and they should have been obvious. Right.
0: But, I mean that that speaks to part of what I find confrontational about him is that he was really really clear about how he felt when it was too late. Yeah. Like once there was a problem then he came out of the woodwork and anyway, that that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> that's part
1: of the ambivalence about his personality. But. Yeah.
0: But what I'm interested in is this this way he blogs, which I used to think was kind of annoying. So like – and a lot of his articles are long form articles that he writes entirely. But another large portion of what he publishes on Daring Fireball is uh, short, sometimes half-sentence fragment little commentaries on a pull quote – and a link to the original source. So let's just say, for example, and I'm, I'm making this up. I don't – this isn't authentic. But like let's say he really hated the iPhone 6. So that's how you know this isn't authentic because <laughs> I just said John Gruber hated an Apple product. So let's say just he really hated the iPhone 6 and Mike published an article like totally praising it. So John Gruber on Daring Fireball might have an entire post that's nothing but here's some crap Mike said – and then like a two or three sentence pull quote and then a link to the article. And that's it. Yeah. Which is a tweet. Like that's. Yeah. It. I mean, it's basically all that that is. And I always, I was like, well, why don't you just use Twitter? Like use the tool for the job.
1: That ad revenue.
0: <laughs> that ad revenue. <laughs> well, but that was kind of it is I was like, well, he does use Twitter for the transient BS. And then when there's something he's like, I want my opinion on this to be a permanent part of my yeah. record, like on my blog. Then he blogs it and then tweets a link to it. So he's making very, con- I assume, very conscious decisions about what is permanent.
1: Yeah, this is part of my linked list of stuff I am posting to the internet. Exactly, <laughs> and I mean, in Twitter, sometimes maps <laughs> to that. It's not
0: right It's, not, it's not an
1: isomorphism. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I've been thinking more about it because increasingly in the tech field, uh, particularly, people are removing comments from their blog and they're saying for any number of reasons. They're either just like, I don't want the visual clutter because I'm a design snob or I don't want your thoughts to go on. Like if they're a popular writer, I think actually didn't, didn't John Gruber say this.
1: Yeah, like get your own damn website. Like, right. I don't want you to hijack my popularity to have you vomit underneath yeah. my site.
0: Which is fair, because I mean, he's a very prominent figure in tech community, so he doesn't want someone coming on there and getting into a flame war. Just
1: the, yeah, throwing mud yeah. all the time. <laughs> Which
0: I have to, because you said that ad revenue. Like, yeah. I respect that he, because that would drive page views. Yeah, if you had trolls trolling it out in the comments on one of your articles. <laughs> They may not even be reading the article, but they're just generating pages like every
1: single Verge article.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but he doesn't care that much. So, like that, I respect that because it's like go have your stupid fight somewhere else. This is where I get to have my opinion. Yeah, like there's endless places you can go argue. Like Daring Fireball is his thing. Like your website is your thing. So the that kind of driving. I think there was actually a
1: Chrome plugin to inject a different commenting system onto his site so that you could hash it out. That's hilarious. Just for his site? Yeah. It was some like, and I think there's also, there was also a subreddit of daring fireball comments.
0: See that I could believe, but that's actually kind of perfect. You know, more, a lot, I think the common way right now is to use a Twitter, um, a, a web comic I read that's one of my favorites. They actually use Facebook. It says right at the, the bottom of every comic. It's like, want to discuss this comic? Go do it over here on this Facebook post because they got into Facebook pages really early. They've been a web comic for like a really long time. And I, I love that idea because then if Facebook goes away, it's like, oh, we lost all of the conversation. Who Who cares? Gives a crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, what do you think about this? You have a website. Do you.
1: I do have comments turned on, but I also never get comments, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not saying that, like, poor me, someone, please give me a pity comment. (laughs) I don't even blog that much anyway. But yeah, I I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, You build your own voice with your website, and not everyone wants to do that. But the people that really want to engage, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a comment section either, but I, I think it's a totally sensible decision for some people to not have it.
0: Yeah, this is very much the same. Like, I can't. I don't have the answer for everyone because there isn't a right way or a wrong way to do this. But I'm because thinking... I do enjoy
1: comment sections, especially on more intelligent sites that tend to not have all the trolls.
0: Where are these sites?
1: <laughs> I could <laughs> I could come up with a few. The Horace to do he does a lot of like. Nerdy statistical analysis of the tech world, and his comments are typically other smart people, and not. It's not like reading Engadget or something. (laughs) YouTube. Yeah, and I can. Asimco is his site.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm with you that if the comments aren't garbage, then there's nothing wrong with comments. Insightful comments
1: that outside of youtube outside of that one youtube comment <laughs> there's times where on a you know it's it's part of it's it's deep enough into the internet that it's not full of trolls
0: yeah well but and then that's the sad thing is if that oasis becomes a bastion for Smart people eventually, stupid people will notice. Like, hey, what's that water? All those people are drinking. All those
1: adults are having. They're talking over there. Let's go crash that party. We should,
0: we should go screw that up for them. And that's. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure what. The, maybe what I'm leaning towards. Maybe that is the right answer because any comment section will eventually devolve into BS.
1: Yeah, it's the you can't have the eternal September, whatever they call it. <laughs> like the there's the second a website has a community. Within a month, people are lamenting how it used to be ah, and so there there's a way to refer to that. it might have been eternal september eternal november i don't know i've heard I, of it I do not know this for well instance. anyway i see I've seen it on Reddit for six years, or however long I've been looking <laughs> at reddit is always reddit used to be this way, and it's like yeah. it's sort of like s n l used to be funny,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think anyone who there is there's definitely a like a psycho babble term for sorry psychologist there's definitely some kind of term for uh like that ownership you feel over a community so it's like well i've been here for 5 years and you've only been here for 4 years and 10 months so you don't really know how it used to be things were different before you got here you and your kind ruined it
1: so I've got a Wikipedia definition of eternal September. I'm excited. In Usenet slang, eternal September, or the September that never ended, began in September 93, the month that internet service provider America Online began offering Usenet Usenet, access to its tens of thousands and later millions of users. Before then, every year in September, a large number of new university freshmen acquired access to Usenet for the first time and took some time to become accustomed to it. But after a month or so, these new users would learn the network's social norms or simply tire of using the service. Ah! And so there was like this perennial reblooming yeah. of the, of newbies.
0: The, what do you call it? The like rite of passage process?
1: Yeah. Apparently AOL destroyed that because then there more people had internet outside of. I can I just, vaguely remember like that era of going to the university to be like, I want to use the internet, libraries or universities. I just
0: can't believe that this analogy you were going for involves Usenet and AOL. <laughs> <laughs> Talking yeah. about like Twitter and Google Plus and Facebook and all this modern stuff, and then you're like, yeah, back on Usenet and AOL. <laughs> Oh, so I did you <laughs> Did Bowling Green is where you went, right? Yeah. Did Bowling Green like did they provide web space for students? Oh yeah. We had that in yeah. Florida State.
1: Every everyone had their own little web server yeah. space, like five megs. That or shit something. blew
0: my goddamn mind when I was in college. <laughs> I was like, whoa, they just free server
1: space and it's not like GeoCities. My dad's URL is still the same as it was, which shows you how that didn't evolve. But. Yeah, no,
0: does it have the tilde in it? Yep. The Unix uh, home directory? Yep. Yikes. That was something, I mean, thank you universities for getting together and giving us the internet and the shadow government organizations that funded it. (laughs) But there are certain, like, it's just really funny to watch how the public sector got a hold of the internet and was like, here's all the stuff you're doing that's really dumb. We're going to change all of it. And right up at the top of that list was Tilda's in URL. I don't remember the last time I went to a reputable looking site that had a tilde in no, URL. No, I
1: remember the first internet, the email address I had was $30 a year for this and website. It was wcnet.org, Wood County Net. Hmm. <laughs> But back before, you know, private companies became monopolies and destroyed everything. But
0: yeah, it hasn't all been good.
1: It's like, oh, <laughs> municipal internet? This is really cheap?
0: No, <laughs> Let, let's not have that.
1: $30 a year.
0: Yeah. Well, but and how much service space did you get? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I don't remember. Probably like, like five or
0: 10 megs. Yeah. yeah.
1: It wasn't much.
0: And that's one of those things uh, tangential to all this other stuff is like, like Bluehost is a good example, but there's any number of others who are like, you get unlimited space. It's like, yeah, that's true, but. The bandwidth sucks. (laughs) Well, the bandwidth sucks. That's definitely (laughs) it. And also, and far more importantly, they have a definition for what qualifies to go into your box. So if it becomes obvious that you're like backing up your movie library, they stop you and delete your stuff most of the time or give you like, you know, a certain amount of time to remove it. Because it's unlimited space in the sense that it's unlimited for the appropriate use. Yeah. Like, you can use this bread knife, unlimited times to cut bread, but you can't kill anyone with it. You can drive
1: on (laughs) our highways as much as you want. You can't have as infinite picnics on them.
0: (laughs) Yes. No picnics on the highways. So, that... I don't mind going off on tangents. What I'm confused by is how far from yeah, the source topic some of these tangents have been. It's amazing. It's it's like a beautiful, and thank God we have a permanent record of those tangents <laughs> that we will look back fondly on in many years. So what do you, like, you said you don't blog that much. Right. What do you think about this idea of if you have like a really, I don't want to say profound, but like a. Uh, an opinion you would want associated with you, like your deep thoughts on the new iPhone screen size or your feelings on some crazy thing in ed tech. Like, could you ever see yourself blogging that two or three sentences and then tweeting that you blogged something?
1: I would just tweet it.
0: You would just – okay, so you you don't see yourself going that way? I I haven't started yet, but I'm going to try.
1: I mean I'm – I guess I could try it out too, but I tend to – for that short stuff, I just go straight to the quick ephemeral media and rant there.
0: Yeah. So you haven't – in the time I've known you, I've never seen you do like blah, 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 parentheses one of ten.
1: Oh yeah. You know, on Twitter no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I would either not post that if I had that much to say.
0: <laughs> right. So in that case, you'd like that would be something for Facebook or something you would blog, yeah. right? You're using like, Twit longer.
1: No, because that, that I to me that's just you're getting away from the whole point of Twitter.
0: When, <laughs> I mean, when you're
1: trying you. to write paragraphs on Twitter, you, like stop it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, somehow Twitter has done an amazing job in forcing the spirit of Twitter. And then they've done a really piss poor job supporting the spirit of Twitter because they like killed off all the third party clients and they've they're now screwing with the timeline. So like they're really good at being really terrible stewards (laughs) of their product. So Twitlonger, I think Twitlonger got a few years of use, I guess. (laughs) Did you do you remember like the three day weekend people tolerated twit storms? (laughs) Did you didn't hear about this? Okay, that's how quickly this went by. A tweet storm Twit storm, tweet storm? I think it was Tweet Storm. A tweet storm is when you know you have way too damn much to say for Twitter. So you preemptively like you write it. You break it up into sections that will fit on Twitter, and then you give the little like
1: – I've seen people do it where they have one of two, one of five.
0: Right. So if someone says like one, – I'll, I'll give someone up to five <laughs> like before I started to get really pissed, and you can't do that all the time. That has to be like a once in yeah. a while thing. But these people were intentionally trying to force – and I mean this wasn't like an accident like some stupid kid did this. Like these were tech people – who whatever reason got it in their head that this was a good idea and we're like, Oh, I'll just blog right on Twitter. <laughs> and if you have that person, if you're following that person now, half of your stream is just this one ass hat, just like yeah. 140 characters at a time. And then yeah. one other post from your friend or somebody else you follow or whatever. And then like six more posts from this moron,
1: I'll have to say sorry to people who aren't in ed tech that during a conference. <laughs> I try to try to slow it down. But
0: do, you, do you do the preemptive, like, I'm going to be at a conference this week?
1: Yeah, but it's still a little, yeah. little much, I think.
0: So I'm actually, of all things, I'm going to link to a BuzzFeed article that has a little explanation. I know. You've lost all
1: standards.
0: It's, well, it's a stupid thing. So it's stupid people <laughs> reporting about a stupid thing. So it's fine probably. But yeah, this is this is Buzzfeed talking about the tweet storm. And fortunately, they're talking about it in what I think is the right way, which is as soon as they noticed this was happening, they're like, "Hey, how about you stop?" Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I think there're just some things that like the the Apple Lisa like <laughs> When that thing came out, people no one and it was ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it was ten thousand dollars in like nineteen eighty three. <laughs> yeah, like that's a car. That's a nice car in nineteen eighty three. So yeah, even BuzzFeed was like, "Hey, cool, Twitter, don't ever do this. This is bad." But so I feel like I'm I'm kind of you said with the bullet journal, like this is not a scientific experiment. Yeah, and I'm kind of feeling that way about what I want to try with this this new bloggy where I arrange my data because to go back to where this all started with productivity hacks and things, I don't want to spend more time thinking about making stuff than making stuff. And I don't mean that in like a, you shouldn't plan what you do kind of way. I mean it in a, I don't want to uh, confuse getting ready to work with working.
1: Yeah. Well, this actually dovetails Uh, with the, uh, (laughs) this John Cleese video I posted the other day. On Twitter, <laughs> not oh, on the, my blog. The but, uh,
0: the creativity. So there. yeah,
1: this is some early '90s lecture he gave in Norway or something about being creative. And I, what I loved is that he he talks about how you really got to make space and time for you creating things, mm-hmm. and that the reason I thought of it is because you you mentioned like spending more time planning and. You know, putting your pens away and folding your papers up. And and he was like, the reason you have to set aside time is because in your normal life, all these little bullshit, tiny things will take over. You'll just be because it's you have to get you have to be able to tolerate the stressfulness of being creative is tolerating unfinished unanswered questions and playing with them. Yeah. And so whatever, you know, whatever kind of creativity, artistic or even creativity in your work, it's like I'm not just going to go with conclusion that I first thought of and just plow through. I'm going to chew on this, I'm going to play with this idea. And if you try to do that in your normal life when you have stuff buzzing at you and people <laughs> talking to you and and emails coming in, you're just going to be like well, creativity is stressful, so I'm gonna answer this email, right. and I'm gonna check Twitter, and I'm gonna go get some more coffee, and because all these things that are easy to accomplish, yep. but don't easy amount to,
0: easy to check off the don't amount list.
1: to anything really. And, and
0: you said it, it. The thing is, from it was from like '92. Isn't yeah, it? like it's it's decently old, but it's very timeless. Like if you couldn't see the terrible video quality, cause the video quality is really bad. Yeah. But if you couldn't see the terrible shoulder mounted dad, VCR camera <laughs> or VHS camera uh, quality, it would sound like he gave this speech like this morning. I mean, it's absolutely applicable because yeah. he's not talking about like, Oh, well this modern technology, blah, blah, like this is a timeless commentary on creativity as Work, like working on creative work. Yeah.
1: Not waiting to feel amazing and have that brilliant idea, but like, no, disciplining yourself by setting aside time to be creative. Yeah. And like, I, the whole time I watched his video and he was talking about it, I was thinking about the music I do because I totally get that. I have to go into a cave. Don't talk (laughs) to me. I'm going to play stuff that doesn't sound good because I have to play with it. Right. And like I can't jump to something comfortable that you know I can play nice chords and that will make us oh, this, a, this a nice sounding song, but it, it'll just be the tried and true instead of like no, I want to explore and you you have to set aside time, but I don't know that sort of relates, but no, I think it's it, the I think whole, it does you, you don't want your logging system to prevent you from getting into that creative space.
0: Yes. And I, th- I feel like personally I have done this, I've been putting up these separations between kind of concepts and constructs and it has yielded some benefit and it has created totally pointless divisions in other places. And Like the way I log things and take notes has been one of those – I was intending a good division and I ended up with needless complication. So what I'm basically getting to now is I'm going to have a place that's easily accessed and works for – like I'm out for a walk or I'm sitting in my office or I'm in the middle of a meeting. Like I can quickly take a note and then put it out of my head. Mm-hmm. But that's not where that thing lives. I then have I'm going to have time set aside later to go over those notes and either act on them or destroy them yeah. and then be done with them forever. Like so in three or four different places where I've been taking notes, I had all these different like blog post ideas and I I use Trello. I love Trello. And I keep projects in there so I was transferring notes out of these other places and some of them I transferred and I was like, Oh, this is, I still want to write about this at some point. And if I never do, that's okay. But at least they're in like this, you know, solid area now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole other conversation about writing more, but I, (laughs) so many of them, I was like, why did I ever think that writing about this would be a good idea? And more importantly, as I was destroying these things, it occurred to me, I was like, Either this is dumb and I'm glad I'm discarding it or I did a really piss poor job taking this note because I have no (laughs) idea what the hell I was after here. So it's like – and they're not bad confusing notes, but it's like I don't know why I wanted to do this at this time. And now that I'm done with it, I'm getting rid of it. And I feel like that alone is progress because I've gotten past the – like well, what if later it comes back to me and I want to write about it again. It's like, well, if it comes back to me, then I'll, I'll yeah. do it then. Like, so it's like, that was a huge yeah, psychological a, boundary. A
1: nice relief in deleting things.
0: There really is. That's
1: <laughs> just so let it go. <laughs> when I, when
0: I smashed my phone not that long ago and and I got this new one, um, I mentioned it online and a, a friend,
1: motox, is that what it's called? A motox? Yes.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, one of my friends was like, oh, did you have everything backed up? And I was like, yeah, you know, I back up my photos and stuff. And he was like, what about your text messages? I was like, who the hell cares? Like, <laughs> who saves their text messages? And there are apparently like tons of apps for backing up your text messages. And I'm like, why I, I would you that. keep important data in your text messages? I'm not saying no one's ever texted me something important, but then I transfer it out.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, it's the same model. The text messages may occasionally receive important info if it's important, put it somewhere else. yes, don't rely on it being yeah totally, yeah.
0: and I think you said very much the same when we were talking about this the other day about Twitter, like it's not that you can't have an important conversation on Twitter, it's that most of it is transient garbage, so then if something worthwhile happens, you make a record of that somewhere more permanent, yeah, and it's like I like that kind of lightweight queuing because well two reasons one you're never going to catch all of the good stuff so it's okay if you you don't have your hands constantly in the river panning for gold because there's a lot more river than gold (laughs) so if you miss some of the gold that's okay and then on the other hand there's way more to be done that's going to lead to dead ends anyway so you can't one, not you specifically, but also you specifically. <laughs> one can't burden themselves with like, well what if I go after this idea and it turns out not to be a good idea and I should have gone after this other idea? I mean like, you know, you you write and you make music and things and, and I can't imagine being able to do those tasks without being willing to hit a dead end. Say so like, well I just spent two hours writing the song and I hate it. So yeah. I'm deleting it from logic and tomorrow I'll try something different. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, with that, I have to give myself at least twenty four hours because you can't trust your mood right after you make something.
0: Fair enough. That's very true.
1: Some nights you are like, "That is, this is the greatest thing (laughs) ever made," and tomorrow you are like, "It's all right." (laughs) Or the opposite, you are like, "This is a pile of shit. I should quit. I am burning. I am done with my career. I am going to go move to another city. Delete my
0: SoundCloud." Tomorrow you are like, "Yeah,
1: it's not bad." Yeah. (laughs) So. I have to give myself 24 hours, but yeah, like you have to be willing to tolerate the the uncertainty of creative yeah. work like you won't get to something interesting and, and awesome if you immediately go to the first answer to every single problem if you won't right. play with it
0: and I feel like this might actually be a, a good topic for uh, for our other podcast <laughs> um, but I mean do you do what? you fe- Do you feel like in the workplace, like over your career, because you you and I have had similar length careers, like do you feel like you kind of see that happening like in industries that use technology but that are not tech industries? They're like, oh, well, I'll just use this thing that's popular. It's like, no, maybe that's not the right tool. Like hammers are awesome but not for driving screws. Yeah, there's
1: a – yeah. I mean, large organizations love to buy something off the shelf and say, "This says it'll do this." Yeah, let's force it to do this. Yeah, and I mean, or- and five other things. <laughs> and I do six like six of which it will do. For I them. do like being part of the team that's willing to think harder about that and be like, "Is there?" I don't know a lot of it's like with any tool in in tech. There's high level solutions that have very predetermined ways of working, and if that's exactly what you need, awesome. You can buy it off the shelf. Most of the time, you don't need exactly what they made, and then they, they promise you how extensible it is, but really, it's like...
0: It's a customizable it's like off-the-shelf solution. You
1: started with a sculpted cat, and you wanted a dog. Well, you, are you going to like try to turn that cat into a dog, or are you going to get a new block and sculpt right. down, like it seems like that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, it, I think it really does. And that's, I think organizations in general have, say, you have an organization with, I don't know, like 50 people. Like that's a, a decent size where you're not a small team. Now there's like a lot of people, maybe a yeah. couple layers of communication management. is complicated enough. Well, and I think the fear of failure is not. Fifty times larger once for each person. I think it's like a thousand times larger because now the whole organization is collectively like, well, if we try this creative thing or if we try that piece of software or whatever and it fails, like then we're screwed. Like then we're totally like, screwed. No, All that time will be wasted. <laughs> yes. So I think that's like, you know, you can go into your, your studio and burn a day or a week or a month on something and, and not have an end product. But there was still Your time was still used well because you were still working, Mm -hmm. but I I think organizations don't see it that
1: way. (laughs) Yeah, a little more pressure to have widgets coming out of the factory. Yeah, yeah. I
0: I think, and then we have the oddball cases like uh, like Valve would probably be a good example. There have probably been six hundred copies, like different versions of Half Life Three. Yeah, all of which probably went in the garbage.
1: So what I love about going back to the John Cleese video is he makes this great distinction that once you've gone through your creative process and you've found a good answer to something or a good direction, or you just you want to give a, a, a good old college try on something creative, once That's you've made that pump. decision, you switch off creative mode and you switch on work mode and you carry that through to completion the best you can and you don't worry about the creative part. Because during creative mode, you're like questioning and playing and like, well, what about this angle and this angle? But once you've picked a direction... Fucking go through with that direction (laughs) before you go back into creative mode. Yeah. And it's, I think that's very applicable for like organizations need either a part of the organization or times in their workflow where they have creativity. But I totally get it that, all right, Apache is a great server like software, just use it. Like, let's not reinvent it every month trying to build a better web server or, and maybe there's a better example, but.
0: Well, I mean, like even you with music, it's like, you can't decide, okay, this, this album is going to have this feel, spend a year on it and then be like, eh, change my mind. It's like, yeah. pl- play is a serious thing and it can take a serious amount of time. But I think in comparison, the work takes up a larger total time. Yeah. You know, if you spend a year playing and getting to where you want to go, then you'll probably spend ten years refining, you know? Yeah. Like I had to mine this marble out of the mountain, but now it's gonna take me a really long time to pick the actual statue I want to make and then chisel it out.
1: But yeah, like once Valve knew what they wanted to do with Half Life Two, they just execute and it's just all making it like refining the thing you already decided to do. And that's a wonderful, I actually love that feeling. And cause like, like we said, the creative part of a pr- process is stressful. It's very ambiguous and you have to be able to tolerate that. But once you like get somewhere interesting and you have something you want to do, it feels really good to be like, all right, stop asking thousands of <laughs> questions. Let's do this. But it is, it is a, a collision when someone who's, in, who's doing creative stuff collides with someone who's like, I just want to be told the rules and to do it. Yeah. And it's like, no, we need to have like sensibly using both of these tools.
0: Yes, at, <laughs> at when they're the appropriate time to use them. And like, actually, there's I think the collision that I've personally run into a lot is when I, unknowingly, like I, didn't, I never thought about gear shifting, but you're totally right. That happens. That's, that's an excellent point is like when I put my head down and it's work time and then you're an hour or a day or a week or a month into work time. And then someone goes, uh, remember that decision we all said we were absolutely fine with, I'm no longer fine with it, but for no reason. Yeah, like my opinion has changed, and I have nothing to back my opinion change up. So I want you to stop work. (laughs) It's like uh, I'm gonna need more than that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna need some kind of reason that things are suddenly not fine. Mm -hmm. Like an ominous foreboding feeling is not sufficient for me to stop.
1: Or it's something so well established. Like I don't know. I don't want to say there are things you shouldn't question because they're... Uh, lots of things are ripe to be disrupted. But, <laughs> I mean, when when you're running a restaurant and you got to wash dishes, you don't want your dishwasher to go, but why wash dishes? <laughs> and you're like, dude.
0: Just wash them?
1: Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll let the chef think high concept and, and whatever. <laughs> well,
0: even in that case, it's like we have people in the restaurant who need clean plates to put food on. So if you want to have a philosophical discussion about why you should wash dishes, we can later. Like yeah. we decided you got here, we decided dishwashing was what you were going to do. Now that we need you to do it, the discussion has to be over. Yeah.
1: The problem is anyone who's ever in work mode will always say that right. about all of work. Yeah. Don't question us now. We are the train is moving. Don't try to fix the braking system. Don't try to whatever. Yeah.
0: It's it's a complicated problem. <laughs> I think this is why smaller teams, you know, smaller groups of collaborators tend to perform better because it's easier to negotiate these feelings and what mode you should be in with 10 people than with a hundred yeah. people or God forbid you have to do it with like a thousand or 10,000. I mean, look at a company like Microsoft. Yeah. People are like, Oh, they're being pulled in so many directions. And it's like, yeah, because their employees could populate a decent sized city.
1: Yeah. Like they're huge. Yeah. And Microsoft is kind of famous for having tons of fiefdoms and little empires all over it. Yeah.
0: they Actually, for a long time, uh, I'd always heard that some of their arms were literally fighting against other arms for dominance yeah. of like a product category. Yeah. It's like that. Your organization should not be at war with itself.
1: Well, they kind of incited some of that with their like promotion structure and like the yeah. way they would make them rate their employees. And
0: I also realized that a minute ago when I said they're huge, I said it almost like I was impersonating Donald Trump and I don't know why. <laughs> Cause he, he always, he's like, it's going to be a huge giant success. It's going to be the, <laughs> the biggest, most fabulous casino ever. It's, just, it's like this, it's like a WS sound before huge. It's like huge. Or maybe I'm just thinking of Jon Stewart's impersonation of Donald yeah. Trump, which is weirdly accurate.
1: <laughs> it's like wrong, but right on yeah. at the same
0: time. You know what he means. So I guess I'm, I I was hoping by the end of our conversation, all of my fears would be assuaged and I would know exactly the path I have to take, but I don't. That's
1: cool, but at least no one dies in your line of work. <laughs> no so one dies. you can continue playing with this. But I think it, it plays into this note taking because, like, I can't have something so structured or else I'm never gonna like. I don't know. I need space of undefined time to explore. This is right. not a good sentence, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. Your sentence was very creative, like. Well, I think like getting things done, like if you, you probably. Once you would, know
1: what you want to do, getting yeah. things done is awesome.
0: Well, but I think you would not even be able to finish reading through the rules of getting things done before you'd be like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Because it's for very structured, organized people. And you can be disciplined and productive without being structured and organized. And I think there's a there's so many like interwoven overlapping things is like, you know, do you need to have a system to be disciplined or can you be disciplined without having a system or do systems create discipline or do systems spring out of disciplined people? You know, like there's no real right or wrong to any of this, which is what makes it so susceptible to analysis paralysis. I do
1: think creative problems Do like scare people so much that they want systems? They want things that tell them what to do, so you don't have to be stressed at the thing that doesn't have an obvious answer. And I think that's the danger of the rule systems is it's like just tell me what to do. I just I don't I can't don't make me think. I can't even just (laughs) tell me what to do.
0: This is I've always been confused that more people don't like math, like and I don't mean like high, really complicated math like calculus three. But I mean, just like regular grade school and high school math, because people are like, well, I just want to know what to do. It's like you just define math (laughs) like your teacher is going to give you problems and there will be literally a set of instructions to solve those problems.
1: Yeah, especially, yeah, through high school's levels of math. That's what I mean, like
0: common math that like the average person has been exposed to. Because like, once you get
1: beyond that, it is very creative. It's it very, very, very yeah. – you have to learn new ways to think.
0: Yeah, but but up until that point – and it's not that you can't do multiplication a hundred different ways, but schools usually have like one or two methods they teach. So when someone says like, well, I just want to know what to do, it's like then you want to do basic math in a public school system in America because that is the definition of here is – where I want you to get and here is the road. Yeah. Just stay on this road until you get to the destination. And yet nobody's ever happy. I'm never happy. (laughs) You seem pretty happy. (laughs) You should start like a church or a cult. (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) The cult of pseudo Mike.
1: I was, that was on my mind as we were talking about rules too. Starting a cult. (laughs) No, that religions are a, a conflict of rules versus the spirit and and general idea of how to live and like yeah. some people really want rule. I want to know what's wrong and what's right. And yeah. other people are more like, no, you're just supposed to love people and stop judging them and stop being an asshole. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, there's stop trying stop wanting <laughs> 10 commandments or exact lists of rules. And yeah.
0: There's a whole way more confrontational discussion <laughs> down in here that I think would be interesting to have, but like, Touching on the surface of, of, uh, like, gender and ethnicity in gaming, this is rife with potential (laughs) angry fans. (laughs) That doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it, but not today.
1: It is not this day.
0: (laughs) It is not this day. So where can people find these amazing show notes, not the least of which includes a picture of your bullet journal?
1: Yeah. Uh, head to flipping tables, slash zero three, three.
0: So excited. every time that number increments, I'm like, Yay, we've stuck a third of it.
1: the way through the next episode.
0: We, since we'll know that we should be like <laughs> one third of a hundred, you know, and I've been another podcast that I listen to. They, uh, they like every episode they're like, Oh my god, we've stuck with it. And they started right before we started, but they release on this really irregular, slow schedule. So we've actually now passed them an yes. episode. And I'm like, Yeah, you stuck with it, but you take forever to put something out. Yeah. So it's because it the their podcast is like a side thing. But you know what? It's a victory, so haha.
1: Yeah, I just I love that this can be our thing that's just constant. Like, there's <laughs> it's the one stable
0: little, part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
1: because there's stuff that's like, yeah, I'm, there's stuff I wouldn't want to release. It's like, oh, I want to work on this. I want to like perfect it. But this is by nature intended to be a weekly, just capturing of what's going on, and I think it's awesome.
0: It is awesome. Where can people find
1: you? Pseudomichael.com.
0: Yes This is another thing you've inspired me on. lionsinbeta.com is where people can find me, and it bleeds out to social networks from there. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, you're Mike, you're an inspiration. It's
1: like you don't want to see that signature line that has a hundred links. It's like, nope. dude, you're in one place, and I'll find the rest if I care. Yeah. And it cannot be hard to find you if you're as if you're worth my interest.
0: <laughs> Zing! If I can't find you, you're not worth it. Yeah, there you go. That's Mike's rule of this episode. That is the
1: internet. If you can't find it, you're just like fuck it.
0: Yeah, the two <laughs> f bombs in this episode. Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm trying to get banned from iTunes.
0: <laughs> fuck you, iTunes.
1: Because I did not mark this as an explicit show. <laughs> well, it
0: hasn't been generally. <laughs>
1: And I would argue, even though we say fuck a lot, <laughs> that <laughs> it's the content isn't explicit. It's it not. Is,
0: it's not. I'm sure their rules oh, are. My virgin ears. I'm sure their rules are up to if someone complains, then we do something about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway.
1: Someone should complain.
0: <laughs> someone should. We, uh, I think this coming week. Um, we're going to be either late or early. So <laughs> subscribe on Twitter and Facebook and book post and We have an RSS feed because that's the best way to get it. Next week, we're going to be either late or early.
1: <laughs> Isn't that always true?
0: No, I mean, like I'm out Tuesday. Oh, okay. So we're going to be off by a day in either direction unless we record early and release on time. And you'll find that out if you subscribe. This is a
1: really great ending to the episode. It's an
0: awesome ending. Just do it. Do the outro. Say, we'll see them next week. We'll see you next week. There it is. Not literally. <laughs>